Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Ami Rakshit. He's the president and CEO at Preacute PHM. He has started and co-started four separate for-profit healthcare ventures. Currently, his interest is in population health management and disease modeling. They utilize proprietary predictive models for several disease processes to identify and recommend matching clinical pathways for patients in the pre-acute or subacute stages of disease progressions. This early intervention can reduce the number of unnecessary surgeries and lower cost. He's been in healthcare for quite some time now, and his current project, while in development, is holding a very large promise to many healthcare providers and also population health managers across the country. And so, such a privilege to have you here with us today, Ami. So glad that you could join us. Thank you very much. And so, it is certainly important to approach healthcare in really in a, in a smart way, you know, maximizing the data that, that we could collect from providers or different data sources. Before we dive into what exactly you guys are doing, I'd love to better understand and learn what inspires your work in healthcare. Well, the inspiration comes from the fact that in healthcare, we have a prospect of making tangible improvements in our lives. And at the same time, we can enjoy commercial success. Yeah, I mean, that's well, very well put in a simple way. It's just such a meaningful place to work. And so let's hone into the meaningful you know, output of, of what you guys are doing at Preacute PHM. How are you guys adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Well, the primary benefit what we're doing is going to be the lowering of costs. That's the commercial part. So we help mm-hmm. lower the number of unnecessary surgeries. So why are we focusing on there? Because surgery is the most expensive component of healthcare. Today, you know, when we have greater than 20% of US GDP is spent on healthcare, and 79% of income growth is directed towards healthcare. So of this, about a third of all cost is spent on surgery. However, it's also been known that physicians and other experts that not all surgeries are always essential. In many cases, the same ailments can be treated successfully by using alternate methods, the same, uh, basically the same ultimate outcome. It has further been estimated that about 30% of all surgeries can be avoided without compromising the quality of healthcare. This does not include emergency surgeries or optional surgeries like plastic surgery. So our value proposition is to facilitate alternate methods of treatment, reduce the pain and suffering for the patients, reduce the risk of bad outcomes, including death, and significantly lower the cost of care. Well, I think it's a 
a really uh, nice approach. And one of the challenges that comes up is, you know, when you talk about the cost of surgery, it also is the revenue of the provider, you know, and so it's balancing that, that whole, you know, cost thing, you know, cost on one end is dollars out of somebody else's pocket, you know, and so tell us a little bit more about what you guys provide that is better than what's available today that maybe addresses that as well. Well, yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Yes, I think the cost balancing costs on one side in terms of dollars and the, on the other side, cost in terms of the patient's suffering. So we try to balance or we believe that our solution will balance these two very well. So I can probably list four things that can you know, bring it home for your listeners. Uh, first, what we are doing different is that we are actually emphasizing proactive care, you know, the so-called well care versus sick care. We focus on those acute conditions which lead to avoidable surgery. This particular approach has not been taken by the industry yet. Okay, so that's the first thing that we're doing differently. Mm -hmm. Number two, we are focusing our interventions in the pre-acute or sub-acute stages of the diseases before patients become acutely ill. In these stages, the patients are healthier. They can respond more effectively to low-cost treatment. So this effectively bends their health trajectory away from the path of expensive treatments and save on the suffering, as I mentioned earlier. Number three, I would say, going down a little bit deeper, uh -huh. uh, most clinical predictive models that are out there today make flat binary predictions, whether the patients are ill or not, they're at risk or not, etc. So we've done our model in a way to accurately place patients into one of seven increasing levels of pre-acute acute. So this provides more granularity to the care process. And number four, most data analytic companies tend only predict the equity of a patient's condition. But they leave the selection of treatments to the uh, physicians and or the caregivers. So we, in addition to more accurately identifying patients' levels of equity, we are able to recommend fair and clinically validated new treatment pathways, or you can call it intervention protocols for physicians to consider. Very nice. Very nice. And, and uh, it's basically, you know, you're working in the pre-acute space, making sure you help people stay well and preventing them from ever going down that degeneration cascade and so you really have a, a proactive approach. Are you working mainly to tackle these issues with payers like insurance companies or employers that are vested in their employees' health that also own the cost of their employees' health? Yes, absolutely. Uh, obviously, this can be you know, attractive to a number of players, mm -hmm. certainly payers. You know, ultimately, they pay for it. But if you look at uh, today's ACOs, and I'm sure your listeners know what ACOs are. So ACOs are the ones who are taking on financial risks. They become both effectively uh, a payer as well as the provider, which is the most ideal combination. Because sometimes when payers are trying to make changes to the process, 
to reduce the cost, they are they naturally have to depend on the provider's cooperation. So without provider's cooperation, uh, where the rubber meets the road, none of these suggested improvements on healthcare can be effective. So I think that an organization like an ACO is probably our most ideal partner in implementing these changes. Employers who also pay for the uh, cost uh, would, would be very, uh, quite beneficial. Got it. No, very good. Thank you so much. And so as you uh, explore the idea and the approach, you know, what would you say is the key thing that you do to improve outcomes or make business better? Well, primarily, we would be looking to improve by reducing the number of surgeries. Mm-hmm. There are about, uh, you know, we take an 80 20% approach, the classical management approach towards addressing any issue. So surgery is having costed about a third. There are about uh, between 20 and 30 very common surgical areas that cause about 80% of all the expenses. So we try to focus on those conditions that lead to one of those popular surgical conditions. We're not after exotic conditions that may cost like $10 million a pop. Mm -hmm. Infrequent and trying to address all of them is going to be, you know, quite expensive and unnecessary. But your knee uh, replacements, your hip replacement, your back surgeries, your cardiac surgeries, they're relatively cheaper anywhere from like uh, ten to $50,000 in case of, mm-hmm. of course, some of the heart surgeries are $100,000. But you do thousands of those a day around the country. Right. By focusing on those, uh, we have a much uh, more efficient approach towards cost management. Love it. Very targeted approach, Ami. I love how you guys have honed into those particular surgeries, looking to reduce those high volume, you know, mid high cost surgeries. As you've worked on the approach, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and a key learning that's come out of it thus far? Well, it probably wouldn't be a surprise to anyone today. And it is COVID-19. Frankly, uh, this was sent by God. None of us had any control on it. And this has really set us back significantly. Uh, we've been under a clinical trial, but, you know, we've been set back, let's say. So mm-hmm. there isn't much to learn from this experience. Just survive, I guess. Yeah. Um, other than that, I would say, which is probably also very common for any early stage company, is the lack of access to sufficient capital. Yeah. And so it's a problem that, you know, is very common and, Hey, you know, the unfortunate thing with COVID, especially around surgical procedures, right? I mean, those came to a complete standstill. Now it seems like things are cranking back up again. And so I'm hopeful, Ami, that as we get back into things, that your project gains some steam and catches up. (laughs) Yes, yes, I I sincerely hope so. And it will, and it will, you know, the vaccine's coming up, so... You know, we'll be, you know, well and good in before you know it, probably six months, I don't know, six months, a year, it'll be over, but the old problems will still be there. Totally agree. What, what are you most excited about? Well, there is a clinical, obviously the biggest benefit or big, biggest excitement would be that we can help patients really avoid unnecessary trauma that comes out of a surgery. Okay, that's the, probably the most uh, exciting thing. 
But, you know, at a lower level, uh, we are very excited over the success of predictive modeling. We've been doing predictive modeling for quite a while now, probably more than 20 years in one fashion or the other. It's not a simple process, but for this particular model, all indications are that we're doing it very well based on internal measures. And we have correctly identified patients in the appropriate pre-acute stages. That's what we're most excited about. Well, it's certainly important to have that target area. You guys have it. It sounds like it's working out and definitely promising, right? I mean, we definitely want to be in charge of our own healthcare. And, you know, many times it's those nudges, you know, those little nudges that you'll get to maybe push you to want to get that surgery. Is there anything that the platform you guys put together to help coach, you know, a patient or, or even if there's even more deeply embedded, like institutional nudges to not do it? Well, for every solution, this is a primarily a B2B solution. Mm-hmm. So we provide our solution to the physician as the physician's helper, if you will. You know, we're not the physicians ourselves, but we provide options for the physicians. As part of that, you know, option that we provide, there is a individual or a patient information package. We take it from, you know, well-known sources such as HealthWise, and we customize it, package it suitable to the particular patient's uh, conditions so the patients get to understand and also understand how what they can do at these early stages to avoid uh, future problems. Love it. Yeah, so there's a light touch there, but mainly B2B. Yes. Got it. Cool. Well, I mean, this is great, you know, and it sounds like you guys are putting a lot of clinically validated testing into it, and there's an exciting opportunity for folks looking to scale back on unnecessary surgeries and also the impact of those surgeries on patients and cost to the system. I really appreciate you you jumping on with us today. Before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought with us. And then the best place for the listeners could get in touch with you if something that we discussed today resonated with them. Well, look for us to emerge from our clinical trials soon, okay? We were, of course, hoping to do so in the fourth quarter of this year, but, you know, obviously we are pushed back probably pushed back by six months, but we will come out fresh and strong. In terms of being in touch with me, you can reach me directly at my telephone number, 303-217-1539, or you can email me, erakshi at preacutephm.com. And erakshit is my initial is A, rakshit is my last name, R-A-K-S-H-I-T. We do have a web page, but uh, out of competitive necessity, we really don't put a lot of information on the web page. I'd be happy to engage in a dialogue with prospective customers who wants to know a little bit more details of what we do. Love it. I really appreciate it, Ami. And folks, we'll provide those contact methods in the show notes. So make sure you check out the podcast show notes on outcomesrocket.health. Type in AMI, that's A-M-I, Rakshit, R-A-K-S-H-I-T, and you'll find everything there, including a full transcript and short notes of our discussion. AMI, uh, this has been a ton of fun, and I really appreciate you jumping on the show with us today. Well, thank you, Saul. Thank you for inviting me. This has been uh, 
very interesting experience for me. I haven't done a podcast before, but I'm very, very happy to be here and to be in front of you this time. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Thank you.